0: Welcome in, everybody, 5280 Sports Network, 5280sportsnetwork.com. It's time for the Broncos Blitz for Wednesday, February the 8th, 2017.
1: I feel like we need, like, NFL sound effects when we say Broncos Blitz. Well,
0: we can play music now on the show. Um, Probably not legally, but we can play music. Like, technically speaking, I could play music right now if I wanted to.
1: Would that make our listeners felons?
2: Uh,
0: not felons. Accomplices, maybe.
1: Accessories.
0: Accessories to a crime. Hey, do uh, want to welcome you into the show. We have a good one for you a little bit later in the program. We're going to be having on our very first phone guest, Ryan Green. That's right. We have a phone guest calling in the am? show. No, you know, not you. Oh. I was saying your name. Oh, you were telling me. Yeah, okay, I am telling right. you. Or uh, Justin Michael, uh, at Justin T. Michael on Twitter. Oh, our good. newest Broncos contributor going to join us on the program. Talk a little bit about coming over to 5280. Talk a little bit of Terrell Davis, Tony Romo. Probably all sorts of good stuff. He's a good kid, a smart, intelligent young guy who really is is kicking butt and taking names. We're thrilled to have him, and we want to introduce him to all of you, so we will have him on here in just a uh, little bit. Uh, but but before then, Ryan, we are back, as you can hear, in the Sportique studios. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels
1: like my ears are having a massage day or, yeah, a spa day. That's what it's called. Oh,
0: no, it's, it's absolutely great. So I want to take a second before we get going to talk a little bit about Sportique scooters. Uh, they are located at 160 South Broadway right near downtown Denver. Sportique is your go-to score to live the scoot life. They offer tons of great scooter inventory in a beautiful showroom. You can get a genuine buddy. 50cc international for less than $3,000 or a Vespa GT 300cc for less than eight. Or if you need maintenance done on a scooter you already own, the team at Sportique will take fantastic care of you. You know, we record our podcasts upstairs at Sportique in the Sportique studio. And, and when we come in and I saw somebody come in today when we were coming, when I was coming in, right? there was somebody who said, Hey, I'm looking to get pricing on a scooter. I'm, I'm interested in getting a scooter. And guess what? That guy came to the right freaking place. Right. This is a cool place to come. This is an
1: awesome place. It's a cool place to come. I wish you. they like had a bar. I'd just hang out here all well, day.
0: Well, they do kind of have a counter up front. You've got to probably just bring drinks. <laughs> yeah, the team here probably wouldn't mind. Uh, do
1: you think they'd work on like my Razor scooter?
0: I don't know. Is it? Maybe. Probably help me. Put an engine on that thing.
1: No, that would be fun.
0: You'd get around town.
1: Maybe I'd just get a scooter. You'd,
0: you should get a scooter.
1: I actually should.
0: Come down to Sportique. Get yourself a scooter. Nowhere scooting. I
1: need to go is more than... You know, three miles away from my place. Especially yeah. now that Broncos. Oh,
0: absolutely. And, uh, you know, people, Ryan, I'm always impressed by the hospitality of the people here. Colin and his team do a fantastic job. So come on in. Uh, 160 South Broadway is the address. Give them a call at 303-477-8614 or visit them online over at sportingscooters.com. That's S-P-O-R-T-I-Q-U-E scooters com Sportique is the best place in Colorado for scooter sales, service parts, and accessories. Be sure to tell them that Jake with the Broncos Blitz sent you at Sportique Scooters where scooters come from. Uh, give them a... Uh, give them the, check them out.
1: Don't tell them Ryan sent you because they'll charge you more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a little... Ryan, I had to fight to let them bring Ryan in here. <laughs> he's just... He's a menace to society on so many different counts. So... Ryan, let's dive in here. Uh, lots of Broncos topics, lots of football topics for you and I to go over. I think we should start though naturally with kind of where everybody is starting. Uh, holy freaking cow! What a Super Bowl, man! What I'm a game! So what a game that agents. was on Sunday night.
1: It was all right. I want to. I want to ask you about this. Okay. Do you think it was, think just, was a good game, or do you think it was just quarter was? Do you think it was just amazing what happened? Because I I had this. This argument with myself, then I asked, I've asked a bunch of people. What I think would be a good game is is more Super Bowl 49, more punch for punch. It felt like it was a tale of two halves. And, uh, it, it was, I mean, it was 28 to 3. I was kind it, of more interested in the commercials at that point.
0: Yeah. You know what it felt like? It felt like one team had been there before and one team hadn't in the second half, at least. Right. One team knew how to finish that game and one team just didn't know how to finish yeah. that game. Yeah. That That's what it felt like to me. Um, I don't know if it was a good game. You're probably right. It probably wasn't that great a game in yeah. total. But that fourth quarter and watching that happen. And when was the moment for you when you thought, this is probably going to happen?
1: Edelman's catch.
0: You know what I thought? When it levitated
1: I, off the ground, I was like, fate's on their side.
0: I thought it was a little bit earlier because I looked up. I think it was 28-12. Okay. And I looked up and the Falcons were down to one timeout somehow.
2: Okay. And...
0: And the Patriots still had all three timeouts. Mm-hmm. And I said, Patriots are just managing this game better right now. Right, And they just scored. I know they're behind by a bunch. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to win this game. They're just signs in that third quarter where you could see things kind of starting to go off the rails. And then, of course, in the fourth quarter, Matt Ryan, the, the decision to... It takes the sick. <laughs> well, I said this. The decision to throw the ball... Oh, in yeah. In that spot is inexcusable. Like, it's, it's as bad as Super Bowl 40. They ran
1: what, five times in the second half? Yeah. That's disgusting. You can't do that that's up with just, that weight. No. That's,
0: that's just trying to be stupid. Up to, yeah. You're trying to get yourself in trouble yeah. in that case.
1: Absolutely.
2: But,
1: and I mean, so a credit where credit's due. Kyle Shanahan is known for being aggressive and they stayed aggressive. They just didn't get it done. They yeah. wanted to pass the yeah. ball. They wanted to do it. They just weren't getting it done. And I'll make an argument that once they scored the first touchdown and two point conversion to get it to 28 20, I bet that's when the Falcons really started freaking out. They thought, okay, here's Tom Brady being Tom Brady. Here's Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick. I think that's when they got shook.
0: There comes a point though, Ryan, in any given game. Right, mm. where well, you have to understand what the circumstance of that game right. is. The Super Bowl is different from other games, mm. I, and you have to manage it a little bit differently. Right, you have to—you can't treat it like you would any other game. Like if it's week twelve and they're making those decisions, yeah, they're probably still not the right decisions, but they're not going to cost you necessarily. Right, and they're not the big picture. You have to. You have to just do what's right at a certain point, even yeah. if it's not necessarily what you pride yourself on or who you are as a team. You have to be willing to do things just a little bit differently in order to come out and make it work. And Vic Lombardi is in Atlanta right now. He's traveling with the Nuggets, right? And on the show this morning, I was listening because I work on it. Um, but Vic <laughs> Shameless was just plug. <laughs> I know Vic was just talking about how everybody is just so. It's it's just a dead city right, right. now, right? Because he's standing at a hotel right near where the parade route was going to be. And I, I thought, I thought it would be funny if Vic, like, got a, uh, got a folding chair and got, like, a Falcons <laughs> hat and jersey. Right. And just sat out with, like, a Falcons flag on the street, waiting right. on the parade to start. And then goes up to people and asks them, Hey, oh when's the parade starting? Uh,
1: yeah, you'd get punched. I,
0: I fell asleep in the third quarter. I don't know when. Oh, <laughs>
1: what yeah, happened. he, he wouldn't come he back would, alive. He would die. Yeah, that's the, that's the one thing I think, you know, people like, you know, Broncos fans were used to Super Bowl losses. Let's be honest but we haven't had a super bowl ripped away from us in terms of talking about broncos fans and is so the broncos have some, lost yeah, when they lose bad super bowls they super lose bowls, bad, right yeah. but they haven't been and i mean not no super bowl has any team been up 28 to 3 and lost
0: they led the broncos led in that giant super bowl and they led in the washington super bowl right. too but, early, but it wasn't yeah it wasn't like it wasn't like
1: that right it it I think most of us by the third say, quarter of, all,
0: of every loss they've been in, you knew it was. Quiet. Yeah,
1: most was of us would say that we probably thought the game was over when it was twenty eight to nine heading into the fourth. Yeah, um, and Broncos fans really haven't had a, a Super Bowl ripped away, so I I can see that Atlanta would be that type of town at the moment. Like that would just be a rough, rough, just situation to be in.
0: No, I think it's a tough spot for Atlanta and it's a tough spot for those fans but i mean the question now Ryan is we can talk all day about is tom brady the best quarterback of all time right that's the conversation right. that's going on and everybody says it's a it's a decided question i don't really think it's a decided question and i'm and i've gotten so much hate for this but let's look at tom brady right okay. and let's compare him to other quarterbacks if you believe fundamentally that rings are the sole judge of a quarterback's resume, mm-hmm. right, of, of of that argument. Then, yeah, Tom Brady's the best of all time, and it's not close. Right. Um, I think there's more of a complicated argument to it because there are quarterbacks. I mean, Peyton Manning went to four Super Bowls with four different head coaches.
1: I think we're on the same side of this, but I want to see where you're going. He
0: doing. went to four Super Bowls with four different head coaches. He is, for me, still two the greatest different teams. Quarter, two different teams. First time ever. Yeah, first only only quarterback in the history of the league to win Super Bowls with two different franchises, went to four with four different head coaches, which is astonishing. Um, That he can go through that much that that tells you that he is the central piece, mm-hmm. right? Undisputed that he's the central piece. Now, th- admittedly, that second Broncos Super Bowl, that specific team, uh is was led by the defense Peyton uh, we all know what that team was but I think as time's gone on and yesterday was the one-year anniversary of that game I think as we've gotten farther and farther away from that game everybody's kind of come to recognize that the Broncos do not win that Super Bowl without Peyton Manning and the players would say that too
1: it wasn't his play it was his presence
0: And, and, and at times it was his play. It was,
1: it was his decision making, I think, more than.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at that championship game. He makes three throws in that championship game. Mm -hmm. The two to Owen Daniels, the two touchdown passes, which were great throws. Right. Uh, and then another one, I think, like a third down throw Mm -hmm. that he has to make. And then the, the scramble in, uh, was that in the Atlantic, in the New England game? It was in the New England game, yeah. He makes critical plays at critical moments that help them down the stretch mm-hmm. to win that game. That, that, that's important for them, and they okay. don't win that game without Absolutely. Um. Absolutely. So we can say that about Super Bowl 50. Manning is still 10,000 passing yards ahead of Brady. Mm-hmm. He's still 83 touchdowns oh, yeah. ahead of Brady. And, and I think you have to look at the whole resume, right? I, I look at Tom Brady, and I see a guy that doesn't have a ton of measurable skill. And that's not a knock against him. Okay, That's technically a knock against the system. Because what he does have are things that are immeasurable. Heart, guts, an ability to win, a clutch gene, uh, confidence in himself, confidence yeah. in his abilities. Those things are super important, and that's part of the reason that, that he won. That he won that game. Uh, but I don't know if Tom Brady can be looked at as the unequivocal greatest of all time... Lacking, right now, lacking the counting stats, right now, uh, lacking kind of the big picture elements that mm-hmm. make the greatest of all time an unquestionable thing. Is he probably the best ever? Yeah, probably. But I think it's, it's a tough debate to have for me when I look around the history of the NFL and it's tough. Cooper Manning was on Vic's show yesterday and he said this too. It's tough to compare eras. Like, how are you going to compare Peyton and Brady with Bart Starr? Right. The game is so different. The game is so different, right? So the question that I try and ask myself is, if you put that player in any era, would they succeed at a close enough level to where they are now, right? Mm -hmm. So I look across the history of the league. Does Tom Brady succeed on any team in any era? I can't answer that with a yes, because I don't know that he would succeed even outside his own team.
1: I, I don't that. know that
0: if he gets drafted by the San Francisco 49ers, that, I agree with that. that he becomes the greatest quarterback of all time. I I just don't. Uh, in fact, I think he doesn't. I think Bill Belichick ha- has had a lot to do with his success absolutely. and playing in one system has had a lot to do with his success. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for a fact that if Peyton Manning gets drafted by the San Diego Chargers instead of the Indianapolis Colts, the Chargers are probably going to do pretty darn well. Yeah. I don't know that they, ma- I don't know how that looks, But I know they're going to do pretty darn well. Mm -hmm. Because I saw Peyton Manning play with four different head coaches in two different cities. Um, He changes the organization. I I don't know if that's the case for for Tom.
1: There's no argument that Tom Brady is the most successful NFL quarterback.
0: Absolutely not. There's a difference between best and greatest. That's
1: where I'm going. Yeah. I think in terms of the greatest quarterback, I think there are so many. and, And maybe it does go into just talent. Yeah. I think you have to look at, you know, Peyton Manning and John Elway especially. Dan Marino, Mo- Dan Marino, uh, Joe Montana, I think was even a little more mobile than Brady at, at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Montana and Brady are similar in take their system and coach away. They have a Yeah. more difficult But even time.
0: Joe Montana won Super Bowls with two different head coaches. Okay. He won his last bowl, his last Super Bowl with George Seifert.
1: Right. So it's
0: I'd like to see. But I mean, when he went to Kansas City. Yeah. He made it, he made it it to an AFC championship game in Kansas City. Okay. I'll
1: give him that. And, but I mean, so the, the, where I was going is, is you put Tom Brady on Kansas City. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how much farther he gets. Now, I think he, I think you still have to have some type of tangible skill to even win a Super Bowl. You know, you can't just be awful, uh, and win five. Um, but, Really, I think it's more sixty forty seventy thirty Belichick instead of Brady. And I and and I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. I don't know if Belichick has five rings without Tom Brady. Yeah, I think, I think that think was it's mutually... just the luckiest pairing. Yeah, in NFL history.
0: I maybe I should clarify a little bit more by saying what I used to say about this argument. I think there's a difference between best and greatest. Right. Greatest to me refers, and, and this is, people are going to say this is semantics, and it is semantics, but for me, semantics matter. Right. And they, and they have always mattered in this argument. Best, greatest to me, includes resume. Like, you're the greatest of all time. It includes resume. It includes the entire picture of your career. Mm-hmm. Best to me, the best quarterback of all time, that means something a little bit narrower. It means best. Like, if I'm taking one game... If I'm taking a quarterback to win me one game,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm probably taking Tom Brady. Okay. If I'm taking, but organizations, and we'll talk about this a lot when we talk about the draft, organizations don't judge quarterbacks by one game. Right. They judge them by, okay, how is this kid going to do throughout his career? Mm -hmm. Is he going to be a 10, 15-year guy for us? And if, let's say we're having an NFL draft and the quarterbacks were taken that are considered the five top prospects are Tom Brady, Mm -hmm. Peyton Manning, uh, Joe Montana, uh, uh, Dan Marino, and give me a
1: fifth. John Elway. John Elway, thank you.
0: (laughs) In that draft, I'm probably taking John Elway first overall.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Peyton Manning, close second. And Peyton
0: Manning's probably second overall. Um, Dan Marino, third. uh, Joe Montana, fourth. Or maybe Brady, maybe Brady fourth or because Brady's uh-huh. got a little bit better size. Right. So that's how that's kind of how I look at it, and I, I wanted to take a minute to kind of clarify that because I've gotten so much crap on Twitter all
1: week. No, I think you're right. I think I think the the part for me, and I think you would agree, is no matter the situation, no matter the team, no matter what's going on, what quarterback would you just throw in to win a game? And I think Brady would need his system. I don't know if he could just go out there and wing it like Elway think- used to.
0: I think he could. My, my argument's more who's going to be successful throughout a 10-year stretch. Okay. Who do you, who do I rather have for one game? I'll take Brady for a game. All right. Because I know that he's going to put it all on the line at the end. But who am I going to have through the ups and downs of a season, through who's going to prepare for me the best way? Peyton Manning's probably my guy there. All right. We should probably move on. That's though. understandable. Because there's another thing that happened uh, on Super Bowl weekend that we've got to talk about.
1: Yes, please.
0: Uh. The Broncos, Ryan, like we talked about last week with Brandon Perna, who was in studio, the Broncos have for a long time been underrepresented in the Hall of Fame. And even with this, they're going to continue to be underrepresented in the Hall of Fame. But they got one. They finally got one a guy who they have been advocating for for uh, a surprise. Yeah, I did not think this was going to happen. Terrell Davis uh, joins the Pro Football Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. elected on what is the eleventh year of his eligibility. Um, wow, he had to wait a long We're time old. to get in. Uh, so that's been he's been out of the league since two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Uh, after those knee injuries hampered his last few seasons, I think he retired actually in the two thousand two preseason. It,
1: uh, you're right. Yeah, because it was remember. a preseason
0: game yeah. that he that he that he retired in. Um, and they did like a whole big thing for him. And yeah, I remember that. So I think it was the 02 preseason when he officially had the big retirement ceremony. But, uh, cause he, yeah, he came back to training camp. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but TD gets in. And I chatted, uh, a little bit with, uh, when it happened, I chatted with some folks who were in the room. Uh, and it was a, it was a long conversation. And, and I want to give props here and I give props on Twitter as well to Jeff Legwald. Uh, with ESPN. Leggy. the guy who, uh, has been making TD's case in the room every year for the last four, three years, I think four years, yep. maybe that he's been a finalist. I have to go back and check that. But, uh, Jeff Legowald worked his ass off to get TD yeah. in the Hall of Fame and he got it done. And I think there are two Broncos now, Floyd Little and Terrell Davis, who are in the Hall of Fame who wouldn't be there without, without Leggy. So props to him. But Ryan, what was your reaction to that? Uh, just really cool, well deserved thing
1: absolutely uh i got the excitement that i got when i watched him as a kid that it it really was a nostalgic moment for me because um and i i said this on twitter i as a young fan i was seven years old when they went to their first super bowls um so i was kind of still getting into football um if the game was boring my attention went elsewhere but i always remember wanting to sit down to watch terrell davis run the football because he always what he would always break off a long run you know he averaged I think what 5.6 yards a carry in his career it, it, it was unbelievable and especially in 98 it, you just it was just some of the most efficient offensive rushing you have ever seen this game has ever seen really Um, and so I heard I, I got the argument of why he probably wouldn't ever get in he peaked so quick and so fast that truly I don't even know if many people remember him and that's why I'm glad that you know uh you know young guys like you at least know who Terrell Davis is but but that's because you've been around the Broncos and i don't know if younger people of other fan bases really know who Terrell Davis is cuz he was such a, a a small blip on the radar but that blip was just so incredible and i think the 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 part that really got him into the hall of fame is that he wasn't the best running back during those years he was arguably the best player in football those years and i think that's what got him over the edge
0: yeah, I mean, it's one thing to be great at your position. It's another thing to be the best guy right. in the league. And you look at Terrell Davis's stats, not just in the three seasons that we talk about, 96, 97, 98, mm-hmm. where he was pretty arguably the best player in football. I also look at the postseason record. And oh, yeah. The postseason oh, record's
1: incredible. Go for it, yeah. You know
0: what his per-game average was in the postseason?
1: Uh, oh, gosh, I 158 just
0: 158 yards yeah. per game in the postseason. Yeah. Yeah, the next closest guy is I think at one twenty three.
1: Right, I think. Let me. Um, I, I tweeted about his postseason stats. Give me a second. To
0: find it that. it's a ridiculous average, and if you judge TD out on a per game basis, he is as good as anybody who's ever played, if not better, uh, in terms of just statistically, and that's what helps him. And and you know, you look at the Hall of Fame voting. The the one thing, God, this got me was was Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. Oh yeah. Me. To should have been kept out last year. I uh-huh. was fine with that. I was fine with them not making him a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, he, because first ballot to me is a different deal. Like, I don't really have a problem with Jason Taylor being a first ballot guy. Mm. I love Jason Taylor. I loved watching that guy play in his prime. Uh, TD, a uh, To to me now they're just being vindictive as voters. <laughs> now they're just a bunch of old guys who, uh,
1: they're a lot like the baseball writers. Yeah,
0: he didn't even make the cut to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, which is silly, and he didn't make it last year either. I think it's gonna be, but then of course he comes out on Twitter and blasts the Hall of Fame as soon as it
1: happens. So well, that'll help his case. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, way to go, T.O. That'll help you. That helps. Um, what a
1: dumbass. That's weird. Um, T.O. getting in trouble for running his mouth. That's, I know. Right? Uh, I didn't see that one coming.
0: But that that's kind of the the direction that I, I I was very frustrated by that because that to me showed a clear problem in how the Hall of Fame committee conducts its business. For those who don't know the process, essentially there's a 48 person committee who, <laughs> excuse me, narrows down a list uh, of. I think it starts out at a hundred, at like 150, mm-hmm. I think, and then it gets down to 25 semifinalists, and then 15 finalists, and that list of 15 is cut from 15 to 10, and then the 10 goes down to five, and that's right. your modern era class. Mm-hmm. You'd only put five modern era guys in the Hall every year. You have up to two contributors and one senior committee nominee or two and mm-hmm. two and one it's i think that swaps i think one year you have one contributor and and two uh seniors speaking of that uh, but, but big props to TD I, I texted td uh on the night it happened i have not heard back
1: i'm not surprised i'm no, sure I, his phone I, i'm not blew surprised up. either
0: i I'm, I'll hit him up probably again next week see if if we could get td on the show to do a quick like 10 minutes that'd
1: that be would awesome. be that would be
2: pretty cool uh um,
1: i have his postseason stats. What are they? Uh, so his playoff stats from eight playoff games, if you were to double it to do a 16 game season, he would have 408 carries, 2280 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 5.6 yards per carry. That's insane. So that's the best season in NFL history, and he did it against playoff teams. So during that that's year, a, a relatively good team that he did this against. So yeah, it, like, again, I, I got longevity, but man, am I happy he got in.
0: I am too, and it's well deserved. He did uh, extraordinarily good things for the Broncos, but now the organization's focus shifts in terms of the Hall of Fame from TD, and I think it probably wasn't necessarily on TD this year either. The Broncos did not expect him to get in. Hell, Jeff oh, Lebowski yeah. did not expect him to right. get in. TD didn't expect to get in. Nobody expected him to get in uh, because also you had the Ladanian, the Ladanian Tomlinson selection, mm-hmm. which extremely well deserved. That guy was God. That guy was a terror.
1: He was a pain in the. <laughs> I remember. And, I mean, you grew to respect it. It was a lot was like a how, I, how I originally God, viewed Peyton player. Manning. I, um, you know, you hated his guts, but then yeah, you just grew to respect it. I
0: looked the other day. That, for me, may go down as the best team to never get close to a Super Bowl the, or stretch of teams. Those, what do you mean by close? Like, in a Super Bowl. Okay. Never play in a Super Bowl. They played in one AFC championship okay. game. You know, right. those mid- I know what you're saying. Those mid-2000s Chargers yeah. teams with a young Phillip Rivers, okay. LT. Who were on the outs? Who were the receivers on that team? Like Vincent Jackson. Vincent Jackson. Was um, only, was, who was the other outside
1: guy? Oh, gosh. I Antonio
0: like Gates in his prime.
1: Right. Yeah, and I think that's why they didn't need another outside guy. Those
0: were good. Those were those were freaking good teams. Yeah. Um. But the, now the Broncos' focus in terms of the Hall of Fame shifts to Pat Bolin. Uh. Mm-hmm. And, and it probably was on Pat Bolan to begin with. We talked about this last week. I, I think that's probably going to happen next year. Right. And it should have happened this year. I think
1: now that Jerry Jones is out of the way.
0: Yeah. And one of the big disappointments of the Hall of Fame weekend for the Broncos, and I think for many Broncos fans who listen, was the decision by the Hall of Fame committee not to elect Paul Tagliabue. Now, it's probably the right decision. I probably would not have voted for Paul Tagliabue either because of the concussion issue, Mm -hmm. which is why, which is that, that's what kept him out, was that Paul Tagliabue was the active commissioner who actively hid. Uh, the, that was my the knock consequences the of concussions yeah. from NFL players when that research was first coming out. And that is a mark against him that should keep him out of the Hall of Fame. Because he, he, um, I'm not gonna say he cost lives, uh, but he certainly hurt the league and hurt its players. Uh, it, it's in, it's irreconcilable. Right. Uh, for, for the league to do that. So I think the Hall of Fame community made the right decision. The disappointment there is that, he had taken up the second nominated slot for contributors uh-huh. right so the 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 contributor committee nominated two guys for election to the hall and instead of pat Bolin who finished third they nominated taglibu and okay. taglibu doesn't get in which is a huge that's a that's a black mark that, yeah. that's a black mark on the committee
1: right well i i i agree with you on that point i i have a feeling taglibu eventually gets in yeah, i probably. think um you can't argue In terms of the commercial aspect of the NFL, it was the biggest growth. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why he'll eventually get in. I think the owners will step in and say, just get this guy in and drop it.
0: But I think they made the right decision to keep him out. Absolutely. I think,
1: Yeah. Um, Just keeping him out a little bit. That's fine.
0: There's only one contributor nominee next year. Uh, You can only nominate one guy for the contributor category. And I think the committee largely has gotten all the guys they really wanted in out of Mm -hmm. the way. Eddie Debartolo, Jerry Jones um, are both in now. So they move on from that. Now, Ryan, we gotta talk about uh moving on here because we're way over our time. Okay. But we gotta talk about the last thing uh for us today. Quickly hit on this before we bring on Justin Michael. You and I were at we're at Dove Valley yesterday. We probably could've led with this even. Because it's the latest news. Yeah. All right. We had a lot to catch up on.
1: Right. We had stuff to catch up on. No, I like our stacking of the show. I do too. I I stand by it.
0: Um I I I, (laughs) I'm I approve. Uh Broncos introduced their coordinators yesterday.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: My impression generally, um, I, Bronco Levo's gonna be fun. I found something out about him when I left that I wish I would have known going into that because I would have asked him about it. He ran for Congress. What? In 2008. I can,
1: alright, that, that explains a lot of his hand motions.
0: We're doing a, I'm gonna do a story. I found some YouTube videos from that campaign on him. We're gonna, oh, yeah. I'm just gonna do an aggregate where I, Embed one of those YouTube videos and and do a little quick hit on it, but yeah, he ran for Congress in two thousand eight. Okay, he's, he's a Republican. Mm. Good on him. Whatever. Yeah, but uh, he's an interesting cat. And he was the guy who I think nobody expected to hear anything from, who right. wound up being the most interesting guy uh there.
1: Yeah, he was intense. To a, point. a little weird. Uh, so that's what I was. Yeah, yeah. he's intense. Where I did want to be on the punt return for a, for a second during that press conference. Yeah. And also at the sec- at one point in the press conference was like he's kind of scary. He's, he's a little bit of a weird dude. Uh, he like you know I'm would he he's like just I don't know <laughs> I don't want to like trash him by saying it but he looks like a guy that would have like a My Little Pony type yeah. like like secret but definitely we're knows going definitely here, right? <laughs> we're going down a
0: weird road. We're going down a weird road that ends in closets yeah, with
2: with bodies.
1: Yeah, exactly. But yeah. The, there's that. But no, he he seems like an intense like the John Harbaugh type intense.
0: Yeah, I I I'm curious to find out how the players respond to him. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to. I think they'll I think he'll do well. I, I talked with one special teams guy actually a guy who does returns. Uh guess who? Um <laughs> I have one guess. And <laughs> uh he, they he seems excited. I mean, players are excited about this staff, they're interested. Um, But Olivo was interesting The the entire time Olivo talked I kept looking over At the other three Mm -hmm. Vance Joseph Mike McCoy And Joe Woods And they're all giggling Like incessantly This guy's cracking them up Here's the other impression And I want to talk With you about this And it's not that I think it was bad I just want to see If you think it matters Okay I don't know if it matters My other impression Was that yesterday In that press conference All four of them spoke Mm -hmm. There was only one guy Who sounded like a head coach Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the Broncos head coach. It was the Broncos offensive coordinator. Okay. It it was Mike McCoy. Now I'm not knocking Vance Joseph here because he's new to the position. He's got to figure things out. I think he has a speech impediment too, which makes it a little, he has to keep things kind of calm and under wraps. Um, at least that's what I've heard. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not confirming, but, um, he didn't command. You have to see a commanding presence from him, and not that you need to have a commanding presence in front of the media, right? But I'm looking for something, right? Uh-huh. I see it. I see it a little bit. You know, when I saw it, I saw it when he talked directly to players in his introductory press conference.
1: Kind of stick his chest out a little he, bit more. He was like, you
0: remember that when he looked right at yeah. the players who were there and he said, "Guys, we're going to come to work." Yeah. And I, I got it then, and maybe, and that's the only group he really needs to impress. He's not here to impress the media, but. When I've seen him, I've, I, I haven't been underwhelmed. I've just kind of been okay. Well, let's see what this guy has.
1: Right, I think that's what Elway's looking for. And let's not forget, Mike McCoy is the only one that's been an NFL head coach on the staff at the moment. That's so, true. Good point. So, Good I, point. I, he probably I'm should sure. sound like one. Yeah, he should sound like one. Uh What I believe is that I think. And we talked about it in yesterday's video, and I think you're right, that Mike McCoy is going to be a big part of this. Not so much in where it's going to be split, where it's McCoy and Musgraves on offense and Joe Woods and Vance Joseph on defense, but I could see it being a little bit like that. Um, I think Vance Joseph is just the the guy to keep the glue together. I think he wants McCoy calling plays. I think he wants Joe Woods calling plays, and... um you know, if, if you just need to be a motivating factor, if you just need someone to get the guys fired up, I'll give Vance Joseph a try. I haven't seen him in practice. You know, I haven't seen him on the sideline. I haven't seen I'm him. I'm looking
0: forward to OTAs. I'm looking to
1: see what he does when a player screws up. Yeah, I'm looking. Does, all that stuff.
0: I'm looking forward to OTAs. Yeah. To see the guy in
1: action. So, um, the, the one feeling I've gotten from, um, and especially yesterday, but the one thing I've gotten from the, uh, the coordinators is, is a, is a sense of confidence. Yeah. Um, and I talked, again, I talked about this on the video we did yesterday. They're coming into a great situation and I think they all realize that. I think that the, the weight on their shoulders is not one of those that has to rebuild the Browns, you know, where it could really just break a guy. Hugh Jackson, great coach gets one win last year. Uh, so I don't think, I think the, the, the coordinators are happy with where they are and the fact that they have a good team with great talent motivates the heck out of them. And I'm excited to just see what they do, seriously, in OTAs and, yeah. and training camp, just to see the energy around the team.
0: They're coming into a situation where they're all coaching for one of the cornerstone franchises in the NFL. Yeah. There may be eight teams in the NFL that anybody would want to coach for. Right. Uh, the Broncos, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Cowboys. Um, name three more, like... Uh, <laughs>
1: For anyone? Yeah. I bet Giants would be. Yeah, the
0: Giants. Like one of the cornerstone championship franchises. Bears, Packers. Like one of those kind of franchises. And the Broncos are one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Denver can, and that's why they're the number one team in town. And that's why they'll probably continue to be the number one team in town. But they are all walking into a good situation. I think it's a good staff. Mm -hmm. I think think it's a good staff. But it's going to be contingent on the the success of this team is going to be contingent on three things. Four things: the defense maintaining and improving in the running game. Mm-hmm. the offensive line improving across the board. Mm-hmm. Paxton Lynch being your starter and playing well.
1: That's the number one for me.
0: And Vance Joseph getting his players to buy in. OK to his message, all right, not to his coordinators, because mm-hmm. I think they will buy into the coordinators. I think getting Vance Joseph to buy into the team message. Is going to be the crucial thing. So we will see if that happens. We will certainly be out there to cover all of it at uh, the UC Health Training Center throughout the spring. It probably will be a while before we're back out at the UC Health Training Center.
1: Again. It's all right. We got draft stuff to do.
0: Yeah, it'll probably be uh probably after the draft. Before the draft, they'll do a pre-draft.
1: Really? Yeah, they'll cool. do a
0: pre-draft. So probably be like next month before we're out there again. Right. Uh, unless something. Well, they've got free agency. That That's true. They could sign somebody, but I I don't really think they're Tony
1: gonna, Romo. We'll,
0: we'll talk about <laughs> that nonsense all right well ryan let's go ahead and welcome in uh the newest member of the 5280 sports network broncos team give him a follow on twitter at justin t michael that's the twitter handle right justin yes sir uh justin michael joins uh, us now on the phone uh how you doing man
2: i'm doing well how are you guys doing uh
0: we're we're pretty fantastic. Uh yeah. we're doing pretty good. Uh j- just jerry rigging the phone system here to yeah. make this work. We're excited to have you on and more importantly, I am personally very excited to to have you on board over at Fifty Two Eighty SN. You've done a couple of great pieces for us. How many pieces have you done? I think 3 is where you're at right now. 3 or 4 maybe?
2: Yeah, I think we're at 3 or maybe 4.
0: Um and they've all been good. Uh, Tony Romo uh, and then you did the one today that I want to talk to you a little bit about here in a second that folks should go read over on the site. On Terrell Davis, Ryan and I were talking a little bit before about TD's induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You've spent the last few days looking at Terrell Davis's legacy at and really coming to understand what a great player he was. Just what what did you learn about TD that may have surprised you? Uh,
2: one of the things I learned, um, well, I mean, not necessarily learned, but learned more about was his impact in the postseason. And I think, I mean, I was young uh, when those Broncos Super Bowl runs were happening, so I've read about him, um, but I didn't really know how great he was until I went and found some of the videos of some of his long runs in the 96 and 97 playoffs along with the 98 playoffs. Um, he just, he seemed to have something that, few guys do and that's that clutch gene in the postseason um he he rushed for 100 plus yards in seven straight playoff games was a huge factor in the broncos super bowl runs um i mean to this day nobody's been able to match what he's done in the playoffs uh, so i think his numbers really speak to themselves
1: you know justin uh you you said you were kind of young when he was in his prime um but did you know before you kind of got you know in depth here did you know that Terrell Davis uh may have had a hall of fame career uh before it ended short even though you hadn't really seen it because the uh the time frame being short his career uh you wouldn't have gotten to see it if he would have kept playing and wouldn't have gotten the injury you may have seen him play um but did you know that he was a a pretty good hall of fame type player
2: Oh yeah definitely I mean just Between his legendary status in Denver and reading multiple books about him, I I was well aware of how excellent he was. Um, But I don't think I realized like just how consistent he was. Um, You go back and you look at some of his his stats from really '96 through '98, and they're just absurd. Every single game. 100 plus yards. Um, I think I read that he, in games that he rushed for 100 plus yards, the Broncos won something like 92% of the time. Um, the only other backs to ever have that type of impact, I believe, are Jim Brown, uh, one other one.
0: <laughs> Justin, here, here's the thing that always amazed me about TD. Cause you're right, I was young too. I don't necessarily have a super awesome living memory of Terrell Davis.
1: You guys missed out.
0: I know. Uh, I know we did. Uh, but the thing that I remember about TD is his, and the thing that I've seen on tape from TD, I don't know if I've ever seen a better one-cut runner. Than Terrell Davis, and a guy who wasn't necessarily the fastest guy on the field, wasn't necessarily the strongest guy on the field, but had this innate ability to find the right hole, know where the cutback lane was if he needed to take it, especially if he needed to cut the backside, and and just make that one cut, put a foot in the ground, and go up field. Where does he rank?
2: He he was really perfect.
0: Oh well, perfect, especially for the system he's in. Let's not. You sound like you're you're swooning a little bit over there, Justin. I'm swooning. Ryan's over here swooning. Uh, no. So, where does he rank for you in terms of the great running backs of all time? I don't think anybody's going to argue that Terrell Davis is the greatest running back ever. I think that's a silly case to make because then you do have the longevity question that comes Mm -hmm. into it. For me, Terrell Davis is always going to be a guy who, for those, like you said, those, those three seasons that he had. Really, if you, you can even include his rookie season. He was over a 1,000-yard rusher in his rookie season, but those three years from 96 to 99, he was the best player in football, L- like, bar none.
2: Yeah, the, where does TD fall amongst other running backs is a question that I've always found kind of tough to answer. Um, it's one of the things where, if you look at quality and T, he's probably one of the top you know, three or four guys ever as far as just producing goes. Um, but for me, I'd probably have him at five or six. I don't think he had quite the career that LT had or maybe even had the abilities that guys like Barry Sanders had Jim um, Brown in the 60s. But he's definitely up there. I, I think I'd have to put him at about five or six all-time.
0: That's fair. Hey, I want to talk to you about a couple other things before we let you go. We know you got to run. I want to talk to you about the, the piece you did a little while ago over at 5280sportsnetwork.com, which is still up for folks. It's actually your first piece with us, and it's something that I've tried to push back on, um, but you seem pretty convinced that bringing Tony Romo to Denver would be the best option for the Broncos at quarterback going into next season. You, you you said that would be a good option, but it's probably not the one they're going to take, was the general message that I took from the piece you wrote on him. Kind of tell folks what your thinking is on that and kind of where you sit on this ongoing Romo conversation that we're having in town right now.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um I think if you look from just a pure football standpoint, Tony Romo is miles above... Where Trevor Simeon's at right now, definitely above Paxton Lynch. I think mean, that's not even a question.
0: Yeah, we can fight um, that, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll fight, we'll fight another day, Jeff.
2: Now
1: who's swimming?
0: <laughs> Keep going. Sorry.
2: I just, I think if you bring in a guy like Tony Romo, um, you're, you're putting this team right back in Super Bowl contention. Um, I know that the argument can be made that he couldn't stay healthy behind the offensive line. Um, but really, if the offensive line's gonna play porous, it's not gonna matter who's gonna be back there. Um, but I think if you bring in a guy like Romo, um, you're gonna see an elevated performance from DT and Sanders. He's a guy who can spread the ball around. He's got a lot more finesse on the football than I've seen out of Lynch or Simeon so far. Um, I just I think you bring in that veteran presence. And this offense is going to score a lot more points than they did last season. And really, even this season before with Peyton.
0: Here's what I'll say, Justin. The last three times Tony Romo's been hit, literally the last three times he's been hit, he's suffered some kind of a serious injury. So that, I mean, it's a conversation that I think we're going to continue to have throughout the year and even probably going uh, into the summer uh, through free agency. But, I think your piece was good. People should go check it out over at 5280sportsnetwork.com. We know you got to run, so we'll kind of let you go right there. But tell people where they can find you and what they can look forward to from you uh, on the site in the next couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can follow my work on Twitter, like you said, at Justin T. Michael. Definitely check out the Broncos beat on 5280 Sports. Uh, we got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. We're going to be talking Broncos draft. Uh, some of the things that the team's going to be looking at in free agency, as well as maybe you know some guys that we could expect to see not in a Broncos uniform moving forward.
0: Ooh, there's a sense of peace coming, Justin. I look forward to reading that one. Oh yeah, check check everything you're doing out there. Let me just say personally, uh, as the ME over at sportsnetworkcom dot com, that we are very excited to have you. Uh, you were somebody that when we started talking about expansion, you were probably the first guy that that I brought up and. We are thrilled to have you on board, man. So let me just say that and tell people, definitely go give you a follow over at Justin T. Michael on Twitter. Check out all the stories from Justin at 5280 sportsnetworkcom and we'll try and get you on more regularly now that we got all this fancy podcast equipment. Maybe even get you uh, in studio at some point.
1: Yeah.
2: Thanks, guys. Yeah, anytime you want me on, I'd love to be on. Uh, an honor to be working with you guys, and uh, really I'm just thrilled to be at fifty two eighty. Working with such a talented
0: group of people. Now you're just sucking up, dude. Come on. Yeah. Will
1: you write a recommendation letter more for me? That yeah, I need. Beautiful. I need help with
0: my resume. Help <laughs> me, please. All right, everybody, give Justin. A- I've
2: been talking to athletes up here too much. My answers are getting a little too <laughs> there. You go. Choreographed. There you go. He also,
0: by the way, uh, does great work on the CSU Rams for the Collegian up there, the Woo. CSU college paper. Check his workout up there. Uh, you don't have to root for the Rams, but just just check it out. Shoulder to shoulder.
1: Get out of here. Man. <laughs>
0: All right. Hey, Justin, we will talk to you soon. Okay, man.
1: Thanks, Justin. Yeah, it was great talking to you guys.
0: Yep. All right. Well, there he goes, Justin Michael. Do give him a follow on Twitter over at Justin T. Michael. He has done a lot of great work on the Broncos in the past, working for outlets like USA Today, Broncos Wire, and all sorts of good stuff. Very talented young guy that we are happy to have on the team. Wanted to kind of introduce him to uh, our loyal uh, Broncos Blitz listener uh, and see how that goes.
1: (laughs) I, I enjoyed him, yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: it feels like it feels like uh, it's a good one. It's a good one today.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. we had a good pod today. Yeah, it's more positive stuff than Yeah. than most so. Yeah, it was it was good to reflect little... on Terrell Davis, I think. That
0: yeah, was... and that was that was cool news. Like I said earlier, I was surprised by that. So Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh hey, well, we're going to have more stuff uh coming down the road in the very near future uh over at 5020sportsnetwork.com some cool news about another new addition to the team coming tomorrow. Uh, should have some more additions coming in the coming days as well to make sure that when you need sports news, the only place you'll need to go is 5280sportsnetwork.com. That'll be the goal. Uh, until we talk to you next week here on the Broncos Blitz, uh, we'll get another guest in. I think I'll try and grab maybe Nick Ferguson or somebody. Okay, like I'll see that.
1: if uh, Elway's available. or Yeah, I'll, I'll text Rod. Roger Goodell. Text
0: Rod Smith. See who... Actually, I could text Rod. But maybe we can get TD on the show. TD's doing a lot of radio hits these days. Hey, man. I'll just tell him I'm Vic Lombardi. He might be a little
1: busy now, though. I'll
0: just tell him I'm Vic Lombardi. <laughs> Isn't it? We'll, we'll do just learn
1: now. one Italian phrase and he'll think it's Vic.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, hey, uh, until we talk to you next time, please do give us a follow on Twitter at 5280sportsnet. Check all of our content out there. Give uh, everybody a follow on the site. Give Justin a follow. Give Nate a follow. You're already following Nate. What am I talking about? Give Drotar a follow. Uh, give everybody a follow. Check out the radio show, 7 to 9, every single morning on Mile High Sports. Uh, FM 1047 AM. What's it on on the AM dial? 1340, I think. 1340, that's correct. AM 1340, FM 1047. Check them out there. Uh, Yeah. And also, again, thanks to Sportique Scooters, our home here, our home base. It's a lot
1: more comfortable than my truck.
0: Oh, it is. And it sounds better. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds better, too. Hey, we'll have a lot of good stuff coming out. I know we said that we'd start doing uh, draft stuff this week. But uh, I didn't have a chance to put on nice clothes today, so we're going to do it next week instead. <laughs> Literally, that's the reason. I'm not making that up.
1: I'm surprised you admitted it. Yeah,
0: hey, you know, I got to look good. I got to, m- my people, my-, my fans need me, right? You just so anyway, like you wanna, that's uh, you uh, the end like of the you podcast. And the uh... You look like you want to punch me in the nose. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Uh, for everybody, for 280sportsnetwork.com, he's Ryan Green. He's Jake Marsing. This is 5280SN.
1: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.